Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Bridge the Gap, Connecting Business Perspectives with your hosts, myself, Colton Cockrell, and Tricia Stetzel. Our goal is to bridge the generational, gender, and life experience gap in business through our unique styles of gathering information from our guests. Now let's get it started. All right, what is going on, everybody? All you party podcasters out there, it is Colton Cockrell here, another Wednesday, and I got an awesome guest today, and it's going to be a little bit different than normal. Uh, Colton Cockrell here. I am a certified financial fiduciary, an independent financial planner with Sharon McKinley Group, and Trisha Stetzel, my co-host, could not be here today, probably the first time in a long time. So uh, just to give her a shout out, Trisha Stetzel, she is with um, Results Extreme. Um, business solutions, and she is an incredible business coach. So I want to make sure I give her her props. But today I get to introduce our guest. It's just him and I. We're going to have a blast. I got a collegiate athlete with me, a baseball player uh, for a D1 school. His name's Mike Zamora. And just a little bit about him. So he plays, he's been playing baseball his whole life. He grew up in New York, moved down to Houston uh, to play for, uh, uh, oh goodness, what is it? TW, not TW, uh, Texas yes. State. TSU, yeah, Texas, Texas State, yeah, Texas Southern. That's right, Texas Texas oh, Southern yeah. University, right. And so he's been, like I said, been playing baseball for a while. He loves it. Uh, he it's, he eats, breathes baseball. It's, it's pretty incredible actually to watch. So today, without further ado, Mr. Mike Zamora, Colton, thank you for having me. I was waiting for the applause. I guess we don't have a studio audience today. It's it's oh, all good. okay. Gotcha, gotcha. COVID, I'm, you know, I'm, you I'm no big deal of a guest, so I'm. <laughs> No, man, don't, don't sell yourself short. It's cool to be, uh, to have a collegiate uh, baseball player on the show today. And so we're going to, I want to ask a lot of questions. Obviously we're going to talk about sports. We're going to talk about, you know, kind of your journey, but I also really want to understand the mindset that goes into being a baseball player. So um, let, let's start there growing up in New York. Uh, what got you into baseball? Uh, growing up, you know, my older sister, Shelby, she's four years older than me. She started playing softball and then, uh, my mom and dad just both like were baseball fans. So uh, I remember we lived in a one bedroom apartment in Brooklyn, New York, and I learned how to play baseball on the on the sidewalk right in front of the apartment. And it all started when I was three years old. My dad threw the ball, which seemed to be like 300 feet at the time. And I closed my eyes. I was terrified and just reached my glove out luckily caught the ball somehow. And ever since then I, I gained the confidence to, you know, give it a go. That's what, so then really that, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Uh, so let me ask you this, what, what got you really playing though and really getting into it? Because I know, especially like high school, junior high, it's kind of starting to ramp up, you know, you're making decisions on, well, Hey, I want to make this a career or I want to, I really want to go to the next level. I want to go to college and play baseball. So what was the mindset really? What, what took you to that point? of playing America's sport uh, on a collegiate level? Yeah, it's it's been an incredible journey, man. Uh, you know, it all starts from just loving the game. I grew up and I just loved playing, couldn't wait to play. Like I said, my, my dad came home every single day and I'd beg him to, you know, go outside and play with me. And as that progressed, you know, um, you have to get better. And my dad was a uh, was an athlete growing up. He played tennis, so he knew what it took to become good at a sport. And when I was eight years old, I started taking professional hitting lessons. And so uh, my hitting coach at the time, you know, played a few years of pro ball and he was a phenomenal coach. And I remember going to him for my first lesson and I might've even cried, dude, because 
he just critiqued absolutely everything I've ever known. Every single thing I did was wrong. And I remember dreading going to those lessons because I'm like, what am I going to do wrong now? You know, but that really laid the foundation down where that really developed the work ethic that it took to get here. And from eight years old, I started playing travel ball and I travel, you know, all over the Northeast pretty much every single weekend. It's a huge commitment for my entire family. And as I continue to climb the ranks, you know, you get little motivations and glimpses of what you can be. And that was enough for me to keep going. And I went to high school and ever since high school, I'm like, I want to go play in college. And it was kind of just like a ripple effect. The, the more work you put in, the more uh, progress that you see, the more motivated you are to keep going. Man, so, I mean, there, there's definitely a – you love the game. I mean, that, that's definitely part of it. Uh, but it can't just be the love of the game. I mean, you have to be a certain person to really – I mean, yes, God-given talent is part of sports. It just is what it is. But still, just being, you know, an athlete doesn't mean that you can make it to college. So, um, you know, let's let's kind of unpack what you just said because I think a lot of people, whenever they – regardless if it's sports, if it's a, a venture that they want to go into, a lot of people hate being criticized. They hate being critiqued. So for you to go and to, to be in a position where, hey, you, you suck, you cannot hit, that's not how you do it, and to be able to show up every single day or every single time and to, to go and work with that coach who was you know, tearing you down to build you back up, I mean, it takes a special person. I mean, that's, that's why our military, that's, that's exactly what happens in the military. I think a lot of people can't take criticism. What do you think about that? I, I completely agree. You know, a lot of people shy away from criticism, and you can't blame them because I, I feel like that's in human nature. Um, you know, it's – it's not a comfortable feeling, of course. No one ever wants to be told they're not doing anything right. But if you're really looking for growth, you need that third party to kind of chime in sometimes. And now let's also also just throw it out there that there is a fine line between criticism and just like kind of being a hater, you know. Um, so if it's from someone that you trust, maybe like your parents or your coach or, you know, someone that you may look up to like a mentor, I believe the criticism could be very beneficial, but if it's from kind of someone that you don't really respect, or maybe someone that's not as qualified in their field to give you advice, like for me of baseball, if I was at a game and some random fan just blurted out like, Hey, you stink, you know, I'm not really going to take that into to heart. So I think it's definitely align yourself with the right people and then go from there. You got to be humble enough to, to point out where you can improve. Absolutely. And I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, obviously, you know, being a collegiate athlete, you are a millennial, right? You're, you're your mid twenties. Uh, and you know, a lot of, I mean, gosh, millennials get the rep of, they don't take criticism. Well, they don't, you know, they don't really, they do everything to the beat of their own drum. They don't listen. Um, I mean, I've, I've heard that a lot, you know, both of us are millennials. Um, so, so what really, what, whenever you went back to those lessons, you know, in your mind, I guess you were just looking at the end goal of, Hey, I want to make, I want to make it to the pros, right? You're not thinking of, you're just going through the process. Is that is that correct? Exactly. That's exactly what it was. You know, it's, it's when you put your goal over yourself, you know, like you feel bad in the moment, you may be tired in the moment. You may, you know, not be comfortable, like I said before, but you're like, I'm willing to suffer now to achieve that in the, in the long run. So it's really just how bad do you want it? Oh, I love that. And so what, what were things that motivated you, uh, you know, growing up and, you know, going next level, next level, next level? Uh, believe it or not, 
the the biggest motivating factor to this day was always you know support my parents and it's funny looking at it now you know as a little kid you don't really have a concept of money you know uh i, but I did grow up in a an apartment and for some reason i always wanted to own a house and now it's funny looking back on it because my parents have always you know been very supportive and they're not really in a position where they need me to buy a house for them you know but that was always a the big motivation to where it transcended into okay maybe i won't buy them a house per se but when they're older i want to be able to take care of them and for them not to worry and then on top of that to i always told myself you know from a young age i want to make it out of brooklyn and that could be misunderstood as well it wasn't like i had a rough upbringing or anything but the people that you know i saw growing up in brooklyn they always stayed in brooklyn and there's nothing wrong with that but with baseball it's kind of hard to get that recognition cuz it's not like texas where you have a thousand scouts at every single you know game you're at for me i had coaches tell me that they couldn't come see me cuz it was too cold and you know compared to texas where we play year round you know, there's four or five months out of the year in Brooklyn where you can't go outside because it's too cold to even play, you know. So that was my big motivation to try to go somewhere beyond Brooklyn. Now, this definitely sounds like a motivator if uh, you're limited to only seven months out of the year in Brooklyn. I, I understand that completely. Uh, and congratulations, you got out. Um, now, I will say it's probably a whole lot more realistic to buy your parents a home in Texas versus New York. So definitely, definitely. <laughs> you're saving but a whole course, lot of money. Of course. But you know, like I said, you're, you're young and you don't really have a concept of money. And, you know, it was just, it was something that helped me in the long run, but obviously I understand it a lot more now mm-hmm. and I won't be buying them a house anytime soon. I'll tell you that. Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, if you, if you did, uh, we would definitely have to sit down and talk because you got some disposable income that might need to be invested. But besides the point, uh, let's talk about this because again, you know, going to going to junior high, then playing in high school, you know, it gets harder and harder. So then going to play college ball, you know, D3, D2, D1, you know, so you made it to D1. So really the next step for you is, you know, going to the show, right? I mean, going to the minors and then going to MLB and every step of the way, there's more and more people competing for that position, right? There's way more, way more junior highs and high schools than there are colleges and there are um, the perfect, the pros, right? That's so right. what right now, what is motivating you to keep going? Because it, it just gets more and more competitive the higher you go up. Uh, it's, it's funny you say that because, um, you know, I'm 22 years old now and I'm actually kind of questioning, do I want to keep going? You know, because I believe I can do it. I, I'm very confident in my ability to keep going. But the aspect that a lot of people don't realize is once you get to college, you know, it's great and competition is, you know, very high, like you said. But once you go to pro, you know, the competition is the best of the best, but you're not getting paid top dollar to do that, you know. And I'm I'm currently wrestling with the idea of, I'm 22 years old. I want to start, you know, establishing my future financially. And I do, I want to make, you know, very low pay for all the hours I'm putting in for baseball, or do I want to start my career in finance and start, you know, saving up for a family one day? Oh, uh, that's, that's actually really, I I feel this is just, again, my, my uh, perception. 
I think a lot of athletes, they go blinded and they, they don't, they just in their mind, they are going to make it to, you know, whatever MLB uh, D league, whatever it may be. And they don't think about, you know, a potential, you know, doing something else. Now, granted, I, I get the whole idea of, you know, if you put your mind to it, you can make it happen. I, that's not against that at all. It's just having a plan in case it doesn't happen. So let me ask you this, because you have to have a good work ethic to be where you're at now. What do you say to yourself whenever you get to those days, you're working hard, you're working out, you're, you know, you're um, catching, hitting, whatever it may be. What do you tell yourself whenever you just wake up in the morning, it's 5 a.m. You're like, I don't want to do it. See, those are, those are the toughest days, of course, you know, and everybody faces those. But what I always say is those are the days that build character, you know, because it's easy to do it when you want to do it and you're feeling good and you're excited to do it. But when you're tired, your body's hurting and your mind's just not there and you have no desire to do it at all. I always told myself growing up that when you do it on those days, that's what makes you great. And, you know, it's it's again, it goes back to what I said earlier. It's always just putting your goal above yourself, you know, being committed to something despite how you feel in the moment. Because, you know, if you if you take off, as you know, Colton, if if you take off every day at work, every day, you don't feel good. You'd probably miss like every other day uh, out of the year, you know, like every, it's just human nature. You're not going to feel your best every day. So it's kind of just keeping your goal in mind, knowing what you want to do and then persevering. I think that's always helped me. Yep. Setting those goals are definitely, definitely important. Uh, and no, and that, and that's spot on. And, and I hope that our listeners, they take that to their personal lives as well, because I mean, I know every day people don't just jump out of bed ready to get going. They, you know, they struggle with, ah, I can sleep for another hour. Um, no, but that's, I mean, that's, that's really, really interesting. So let me ask you this and we'll kind of, we'll kind of wrap it up with this question. What's next for, for Mike Zamora? You're at Texas Southern right now. Are you staying? Are you going somewhere else? What's your, what's your plans moving forward? Uh, moving forward, I, these next few weeks will definitely be probably the biggest weeks of my life to this point. Cause I'm deciding whether to continue this childhood dream or to, to start the the real world, as like I, like I say, because you know it's baseball is a game at the end of the day. Um, like you said, I, I just graduated from Texas Southern with my finance degree, actually, and I have one more year eligibility to transfer somewhere. Right now, unless I get a very good scholarship, I don't plan on going back to college for a master's degree or anything at the moment. So right now, currently, I'm deciding, do I want to start a pro career or do I want to start a, a, like a corporate world business career? Man. Um, so I, the biggest thing, too, that's helped me get through all of it and those tough days, like you said, is just my faith in God. Like that, that has made the difference. And that's the only reason I'm here today. So during times like this is when I, I need it the most. And I'm just praying and just trying to see what's the next step. No, I can, I can, I can respect that. Um, and, and so really I hope our listeners today, I mean, regardless if you're an athlete or if you're just in business, I hope people understand the importance of, you know, being motivated, you know, accepting criticism, uh, obviously healthy criticism and, and also making sure they're setting goals and, and doing the hard things. No, I, that was, that was great, Mike. Now let me ask you this totally random off the wall question has nothing to do with baseball. Um, if you were stranded on a Island and you can only bring three items, what would it be? man that's tough i right off the bat i'd probably say my phone but i probably wouldn't have per like a connection you know I, i'll give it to you let's say you do okay so your phone I bring my phone 
hopefully like a gallon of water, you know, maybe I could find a place to refill it. And then do the baseball. I don't know. Keep me okay. in. <laughs> well, are you going to, are you going to go hunting and just chunk the baseball at something? to you know, kill I'm, it? I'm probably going to just see how far I can throw it, walk over there, pick it up and just keep doing that to keep myself entertained. <laughs> oh, well, hey, you got your phone. So unlimited Netflix, maybe DoorDash, maybe a boat can come and drop off some food. Who knows? That's, but okay. That's a uh, much more logical thinking right there. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, well, Mike, I kind of already gave it away, but you are a millennial. You know, this show is all about generations. So let me ask you this. Do you identify as a millennial or do you identify as another generation? Honestly, I don't even really know the different things like the different generations. I, at one point I'm a millennial, then another point I'm Gen Z. Like, I don't know if that's the same thing, honestly. I, I'm so, an American. That's what I am. There you, <laughs> there you go, man. And I, and that's what a great way to be identified as. Um, <laughs> well, well, Mike, I really do appreciate the time you took today. Um, what I want, let's do this here. Usually this is the point in the show where we, we ask uh, people to give their contact information in case people wanted to reach out to them. I don't know if you want to do that. Um, you know, I, I know that you probably have, you know, wisdom that you can give people, but uh, do you have, would you like to give your contact information out in case someone wanted to contact you? Oh, definitely. I mean, uh, maybe you could attach my email or something, but there if you, you want my or my phone number too. Uh, let's not do phone number. I don't want all. I don't want all your your fangirls to be to be hitting you up. So let's <laughs> let's go with email. What's what's a good email right. and spell it out for me. It's uh Michael M I C H A E L dot Zamora Z A M O R A thirty seven at gmail dot com. Yeah, and this guy can put away some pizza. I'll tell you that I've, I've seen it. Right. I've seen it firsthand. Man, well, Mike, what's up? That's the Brooklyn in me. Oh, you know it, man. Brooklyn pizza. Mm, something else. Hey, Mike, thank you for being on the show today. I really appreciate having you on. It's always good to have a, a good friend who has spent the majority of his life working his butt off to getting to where he was. So uh, it's always good seeing you. Thanks for being on the show. And thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Bridge the Gap. Where we're connecting business perspectives. We will see you next Wednesday. Thank you again for tuning into this week's episode of Bridge the Gap, connecting business perspectives. If there's a certain professional or profession that you want to hear from, leave a comment in this week's Facebook post. Please subscribe and share this podcast. Colton Cockrell with Sharon McKinley Group LLC is located at 820 South Friendswood Drive, Suite 207, Friendswood, Texas, 77546, phone number 281-992-5698. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Next Financial Group, Inc. Member FINRA, Pacific. Sharon McKinley Group is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc.